Welcome to the SDG LearnCast with me, Pauline Duman. In every episode, I bring you insightful conversations around the subject of sustainable development and learning, helping us all to achieve a sustainable future. Today with us as our guest is Mr. Rafael Dard, the head of SME Trade Academy at the International Trade Center. Rafael, thank you so much for your time today. Can you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit more about your work? Yes, so um, I started at ITC in 2014. I started working in a, s- a section called E-Trade Development. I started working on, I was already a bit of a geek and I had studied business and I fell in love with the internet quite young. So. I looked at the potential of mobile phones in emerging economies and it was quite uh, impressive already then. And so for about eight years, I had a program called Trade at Hand. And then after that, a colleague of mine offered me to work on a corporate e-learning program. And that's when the SME Trade Academy uh, started. I recruited very talented people and we've taken the platform to Where it is now, we've reached almost 300,000 participants around the world, almost all countries actually of the world. And it's so interesting to know that you are very interested in mobile technology and the internet. What I really like about the work of the International Trade Center is that it is the leading agency of the UN in the response to COVID-19 to support the small medium enterprises with a particular focus on those uh, small businesses in developing countries. If you can give us a bit more background about this trade at hand or how you're helping through technology, the small uh, medium um, enterprises, especially in developing um, countries, and also the larger project that you have at the Trade uh, Academy. So the program that was using mobile phones is now uh, over, but I have been using this mainly to provide trade data to exporters and even growers and producers in Africa and mostly in West Africa. We were using this for market information so that we tackled the issue of lack of information for the exporters uh, on destination. Also enabling trade support institutions to reach small businesses across the country, even in rural areas, because even in very remote areas, there are mobile phones and this is one way to connect to the people. Now, more recently, I've been developing my capacities in sustainable development because of my deep interest in it. And that's how today, as part of some projects that we do at the SME Trade Academy, we work uh, currently with Guinea, uh, Conakry and Senegal. And we're looking at, in Guinea in particular, ways by looking at sustainable business models that make the best out of nature, really, and rely more on the capacity of life to sustain itself and enable owners of small businesses to have flourishing businesses and and resilient ones because of the climate challenges that are ahead of us. So my grandparents and my family, they also were uh, part of a, a farm. They were tilling the land. And I think this was one of the, the problems that I, I saw growing up. They don't have access to information. They don't have access to data. And of course, 
let alone access to trade, right? How do you access international markets or even just the market in the city? That is so interesting how you are providing this data and information to the people, different areas like in agriculture, but also in small businesses in different parts of the, the countries that you mentioned. And I would like to ask you, how do you make the data and information accessible? What type of support do you provide them to be able to understand? Because I can imagine it's going to be technical information. And what have you learned? Well, as small businesses start to address the national, the domestic markets, usually so, there the information is less scarce because the counterparts are closer. And uh, also, you were mentioning your family, it starts with feeding the family, actually, the food we grow around us. Now that when the business starts uh, growing, that's when you can start running business and trade nationally. And provided the business grows sufficiently, then we, we start talking about cross-border trade and international trade. So in Burkina Faso and Senegal, we were working with producers of mangoes and and tomato, cherry tomato, and we would enable the growers and the exporters to access trade information from Paris market uh, so that they could know the variations in the market prices and maybe negotiate better prices with their importers. The price fluctuations is important for the, the exporters and the growers, and that is certainly a way to empower them. This is a project I've stopped running uh, some time ago since I moved to e-learning. Now in the e-learning area and the training and capacity building area, we are now looking specifically to the resilient aspects of businesses. And that means that we have to look at the whole business concept and what the business rely on and because if you rely on markets that are fragile or if you rely too much on markets that are prone to be disrupted during a pandemic uh, you are less resilient so those are elements that we now train our beneficiaries on so that they consider the pros and cons and that they analyze their business in a way to see where they would have possible vulnerabilities and avoid to rely too much on those aspects of their business. It's uh, a sort of business analysis that one has to make in order to see where are the potential areas that are fragile and be conscious of them so that they can pivot quickly in case there's a problem. In June, we celebrated the MSME um, Day. It was also very important that the ITC has published the SME Competitive Outlook 2021, which focused on the impacts of COVID-19. Central to the report is about resilience. Can you share with us a bit more about the resilience aspect of businesses? So just uh, as a background, the International Trade Center was created by the UN Conference on Trade and Development, UNCTAD, and the WTO. So UNCTAD works a lot with government level institutions and WTO works a lot at the rules and regulations in, in, in the global trade. ITC has a mandate to work more with businesses through also the business support organizations. And so we work indeed at improving the international competitiveness of SMEs. And one of our flagship product is the SME Competitiveness Outlook. And this year, the topic is empowering the green recovery. 
And I think it's a recognition that although COVID-19 was a big hit to the world, I don't know if you've seen the little drawing that shows waves coming at us. And there's a small wave which shows COVID-19 and a bigger wave behind it that shows climate change. So we have a short-term issue that we're dealing with and tackling as much as, as best as we can. But there's a bigger one which we are already getting some signs of through meteorological events. And these are serious issues for businesses around the world and more so in developing countries. Small businesses were generally more affected by the pandemic than large businesses having the capacity to be a bit more resilient. And also in industrialized countries, the, the governments are able to sustain, to subsidize businesses during the crisis, which is not the case for developing economies most of the time. To give you an example, my wife has opened a small food shop three years ago, two years ago. And that was a bit tough to start a, a business right before the COVID hit. And so it was critical for her to have the Swiss government being able to provide a, a bit of money and ensure that there would be enough to bring uh, food to the table during that crisis, which is uh, often not the case in many countries around the world. So. So that uh, resilience capacity of the country itself and the infrastructure is important. Now, I was saying the empowering the green recovery is recognizing the fact that during this pandemic, we've had to deal with a short-term crisis with a big issue. And the climate crisis is a long-term one and, some, and, and one that not everyone can see and the urgency to do something about it. However, scientists around the world raise the alarm. We take forever to react. And it's a good thing that this Competitiveness Outlook report is saying, take this opportunity of the COVID to think again about your business model and look at the green, the potential of, of sustainable development for setting up a new business maybe that is more re resilient or adapt your, your current business to make it more sound and able to cope with future issues and actually be maybe an engine to the solution. So you can do two things. You help yourself by addressing the issue, <laughs> lowering carbon emissions through your business, encouraging your clients to do the same, encouraging your providers to do the same. Be yourself in a supply chain that is low carbon heavy, you're making your organization, your business more competitive. Maybe if you can give us a bit more insights why women-led and youth-led businesses were impacted the most. Sure. It is now known that businesses or startups that exceed two years of existence are usually created by a person of, on average, 43-year-old. Now, we know that youth uh, definition is 18 to 35, but for more logical reason, young people are less experienced. And so they've probably faced less challenges and they've built capacity to cope with tough changes. While older people have been young and faced business issues and maybe created companies that failed many times and you learn by doing. Therefore, unfortunately, youth is more affected. And th at the same time, youth can also pivot more faster because they often don't have yet a big family to uh, support. 
and and therefore they have the energy also to change and create a business a new business and they will become eventually older and and savvier and and be less prone to to suffering from issues like the pandemic now women owned businesses of a certain size are also usually more affected due to I would say traditional social structures they have household responsibilities which are still not shared enough with their male counterparts themselves or often also struggling with their own business and I've seen it uh, firsthand I was stuck at home during the pandemic my wife had to uh, still uh, still had the right to be at her business because she was selling food and uh, I could see she could not cope with two things so maybe our own balance in task sharing at home has evolved in the right way me being less at the office and more at home capable to do some more cooking i've learned quite a few recipes and uh, i'm pretty proud when i <laughs> can cook and so now the the balance is probably better actually i should recognize so how can we avoid this problem and you have already alluded to some of those competitiveness solutions about green recovery but in more concrete terms how can the small businesses balance the cost of complying with environmental regulations because they are also very expensive but at the same time knowing that if they invest in these things uh, in the long term they will reap the benefit of uh, being a resilient business the Green recovery is a very broad term and resilience is the keyword and still new to many businesses and businesses need to uh, see a holistic way and they have to analyze themselves so that they can see where their areas of potential weaknesses are as I said earlier I think it's a very important question in the sense that the covid crisis by being global is asking deep questions to humanity as a whole it so happens that our development model has led to the crisis we're in and Einstein quote saying you don't solve a problem by remaining in the same referential you need to think a bit out of the box and in here one thing that ITC has taken a clear stance on is saying you want to be green to support that trend that's going to the wall uh, that's generating the climate change itself therefore you want your business to go green and by going green you are not only harnessing the potential of an economic uh, wave that goes strong but you're also ensuring that your future is not going to be dark and and difficult therefore the direction we need to follow is towards greening businesses and there's luckily a strong demand for this from people themselves the market <laughs> and also it's exciting because it's a promise it's a promise for better days right now imagine youth my boy who's 12 year old is a bit worried about all he hears about climate change and he's not responsible for it but if i depict to him a future that's greener and uh, actions that he can take that are greener it is motivating because you can suddenly say you are a victim of the of the environment but you're rather an actor of the solution and you are actually addressing a problem which can be very exciting 
And I think the message to the young generation is that uh, there is no other way than to than to think about competitiveness, competitive businesses that are competitive because they are working in the green economy and active in the green economy. And by doing so, they become more resilient to future crises. Of course, to do this, you need to have a few things to know. And for that, there are courses to take. There's learning to happen. Today, we hear about corporate social responsibility, which is actually businesses that were probably not designed to be so uh, sustainable, but they have to consider those aspects. Today, CSR as such is no more a thing on top of businesses, but it's more part of the DNA of the organization. So we don't even talk about it. And that's what younger generation needs to learn, I think. Now, it doesn't take out the responsibility of the government, on the contrary. And for this, ITC is also active at working to support good governance, also provide incentives for businesses. You need to also work in collaboration with partners on global value chains. And it's super important to innovate. In fact, by shifting the economy from a more oil-based economy to a greener one, you cannot do it without innovation. And you already mentioned some of the materials and some of the support that um, ITC provides, not only for the SMEs, but also how you're supporting governments. If I am a business that survived the, the pandemic or is um, still thriving during this time, where can I find information to make my business resilient? But also for those who are thinking of establishing a new entrepreneur. I would start with the sources of, uh, of information. Of course, ITC website, intracen.org, I-N-T-R-A-C-E-N.org, uh, is an important channel. Twitter, our Twitter feed, which is called ITC News, is uh, a great source of information, and that also offers links to various resources. We at ITC work uh, a lot on SDGs 2, 8, 12, and 13. So it's zero hunger, decent work, and economic growth, and responsible consumption, as well as climate action. And so ITC supports green entrepreneurship and innovation. I'm happily a founder of our innovation lab, a co-founder of our innovation lab, which is turning almost 10. Uh, <laughs> year old soon. ITC also uses a market-led approach to value chains to deliver a premium to eco-friendly production. That's very important to support the, what we call eco-friendly, the, the sustainable businesses, because the old paradigm needs to become passé and old. And it's very important to show the, the, the direction that sh we should be taking. ITC also builds knowledge and advocates to policymakers and planners in the same chain of thought. ITC maintains sustainability into business support organizations. We are probably the only UN organization that works so much with business support organizations. And we also call them trade support and uh, investment institutions. And ITC improves transparency in, of voluntary standards. We have a great uh, program that's called T4SD, Trade for Sustainable Development, and that has uh, amazing tools to figure out which standards are relevant for your uh, business. And uh, a lot of them are private-led standards, but that's important because it's big buyers that say 
explain what are the criteria for your business to be able to supply uh, those big businesses or to sell to these ones. And last, ITC supports businesses to implement sustainable practices. Rafael, thank you so much for your time. And I would like to ask you if you have any other last words that you would like to share to our listeners. I actually liked a lot the sentence of our executive director, Pamela Coke Hamilton, who said, going green is both a survival imperative and a business opportunity. It should not be associated with heavy regulations. If regulations on green sound heavy, it's probably because your business does not have the right business model. You cannot run a business which is not sustainable and feel good today. It's impossible. And that was Rafael Dard from the International Trade Center. We learned that we can make micro, small, and medium enterprises in developing countries competitive by helping them become more resilient. To do so, we need economic infrastructure that makes governments help sustain or subsidize businesses during crises, such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Businesses can also help themselves become more resilient by helping address issues such as climate change through lowering carbon emissions in their business and encouraging clients and providers to do the same. Climate change affects all businesses and they can do something to address the issue. Lastly, Rafael shared the message to the young people that there is no other way to think about business competitiveness than working in the green economy because by doing so, they become more resilient to future crises. Sustainable development should be part of any business's DNA, and governments should create incentives for businesses to shift to the green economy. You may find out more information about the work of the International Trade Center SME Academy at the UNSDG Learn website. For now, I'm Pauline Duman. Thanks for listening.